All right. Are you Margaret District Pepper Turkey Breast, Ben? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Ben's like, my mind is numb from watching these goddamn movies. <laughs> Ben, Robin, Zach. This is a podcast about cinematic oddies, where we discuss any media that is too bizarre, no more off kilter for contemporary audiences. Occasionally, these projects gel, most times they crash hard into the realm of obscurity. Join us as we delve into the cult classic swamp. I'm Zach. I'm Ben, and happy to finally be in the intro. <laughs> and I'm hoping we can finish this up before menopause kicks in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we are we are kicking off the f- 2001 Fort Year. We've only been talking Woo! about it for what a year and a half to two years, I think. This has been discussed for so long, and I figured, what better way to start the 2001 Fort Year before I throw it over to Zach so he can explain the madness that is 2021? I figured that we would do something that we haven't done in a while, and it would be going to our email. And reading a spam email. I, I think this is the best way to kick off the, the 2001 Fort year. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw this email because I know I'm the keeper of the email and uh, I always go through the spam that we get because some of them are pretty funny. I, it's been a long time since I read a spam email. I'm only going to read the first paragraph because something stood out to me. But here we go. Here we go. We're kicking it off great. The subject is, hello, beloved. So I'm turned on. Looking for dick pics. Clearly this spam person. But it's from Mrs. Matter. Anorld. So matter, M-A-T-T-E-R, and then last name Anorld, A-N-O-R-L-D. And the email is matteranorld at gmail.com. So my, my interest is piqued immediately as I see this spam email. Then the email reads, hello, beloved, my name is Martha Arnold. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm intrigued. I hear Martha. I say, why did you say that name? But I keep reading. It's nice to get in touch with you via this means. I am originally from the Philippines, but my husband is from Hanoi, and we live in the United Kingdom. This is where it gets good. I lost my husband on August 16th, 2014. <laughs> the, the rest of the email is garbage, but I was like, God damn it, spammer. If you had put August 15th, I might have sent you money. I might have actually sent you money. How, how can they get that close to our favorite date in a spam email and, and just I, – I can't, I can't believe it. They were so close. I guess this is the way to do it. If you want to spam the Cinemodities people, get the date right. Use Ben Affleck's birthday. <laughs> it's that easy. It was right there. The, the rest of the email is actually pretty long. It has something to do with something stupid and things like that, and it's, uh, it's total, total spam. But I read this, and I was shocked to see that it was so close to Ben Affleck's birthday. So I figured we had to kick off the fort year with a mention of Ben Affleck's birthday, or at least one day after. With that out of the way, I have to throw it over to you, Zach. What the hell are you making us do this year in 2021? We've gotten through the blockbusters that should have changed the world, which was good fun. We got through the Martin Brest series, which Rob thought was good fun. And now we have, what, the next 
six months, five months yep. filled up with Until, yep, craziness. <laughs> oh, beautiful, beautiful early 2000s cinema <laughs> movies that nobody knows existed. They definitely don't exist anymore. Rob had to go to the pits of the torrenting hell to find these movies. Oh, Rob God. came back with his clothes singed and brimstone. The <laughs> smell of brimstone right now. Ben, can you smell it? Can you smell the brimstone? Zach, I I hate to tell you this, but I have such bad allergies, I generally can't smell. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wish I had that because it reeks of brimstone right here right now. And so we del- are delving into early 2000s cinema. But as you know, on Cinematis, we can never get to the point directly because this is supposed to be the 2001 summer series. But like anything else, we need proper floor play. We cannot just delve into Pearl Harbor, Shrek, Jurassic Park 3, oh, the true gems of did 20 you, years Did you really about. just mention the three movies I'm least excited for in this series? <laughs> yes, Rob, I also I said did. floor play. Floor play. <laughs> Which, floor you know, play. I mean, I'm, I'm interested in floor play. That, that's what as... Zach calls table setting, floor play. <laughs> <laughs> is, that like, is it like normal floor play, but it's on the floor? Well, Ben, this is like might... a PG-13 podcast. We can't say floor play. We don't want to get censored. <laughs> I might be getting too old for floor play. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I've been recording this on the floor the entire day. I had to lay down after I watched Saving Silverman. I was already laying down, luckily, because otherwise <laughs> I might have died. I don't know what either you're talking about. I've advanced beyond foreplay. I do five play, okay? <laughs> five play. What's, how do you add an L to that? Five play? Five play? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Let's do the Tron thing again, just with the words that end with play. (laughs) (laughs) All right, cut to three and a half hours later. So on this week of Cinematis, we're talking about Sugar and Spice, a comedy that barely existed 20 years ago. But now we're talking about it because why not? Let's let's put that word comedy in air quotes. I would say. I was going to say, I didn't really pick up on it being a comedy. Like, I, didn't, I didn't read anything about it, but it didn't make me laugh. <laughs> Why do I feel like this, is, this movie is a non-entity? Oh, absolutely. I mean, tell me I'm wrong. I, no, no, you're not wrong. I remember telling you, Zach, uh, maybe like uh, two two months ago or so, that once you picked all the stuff for the, the fort year, I was trying to like gather them, and I, I saw Sugar and Spice on the list as the first one, and I was like, what the fuck is sugar and spice? And then it turns out I had a copy of it on my hard drive. <laughs> and that is truly the most fascinating part of all this. I have no idea. It must have been from just someone. It was on my, my first hard drive, the one I had back in my undergrad days. So it had to be from like someone else had it and shared it with me because I was just taking I, everything. I suspect that it actually came pre-installed on all hard drives. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was like that. It was like that U two album that just da- instantly downloaded to everybody's Apple account back in uh in that in t- 2014 or something. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, starting in 2002, every hard drive that they made had sugar and spice on it. And and today we get calls. They were like, "Why is my hard drive not all the space that was advertised?" And they were like, "Well, you have a movie on it." And they were like, "No, I don't," because people they just couldn't see it. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a hidden file. You had to go into settings and, you know, view hidden files to access it. Uh, but no, I was actually very shocked. I think when I told Zach this, he was shocked as well that I had it on my hard drive. And then it all came flooding back to me. I actually saw this back in the day. 
I yeah, only... it was like perfect HBO fodder. Yeah, I, I, I definitely think I saw it on TV, and I, I it was like, for some reason, the line about the Beatles stuck out to me, where the Beatles were wrong, love isn't all you need, and I was like, I think, I was like, that's this movie, oh god. I knew it was about a bank robbery, uh, I knew it was about cheerleaders, and then I was like, okay, I guess, I guess this is what we're starting the fort year with, and, uh... And then I watched it for this recording, and it's uh, it's trash. It's abject junk. This might be one of my least favorite movies we've ever done on this podcast. <laughs> I absolutely despised this film. <laughs> so that's my now context. That, I take issue with you calling it a film. Uh, <laughs> so, so I actually uh, I know that this is this is going to be turn stylish because because Saving Silverman is not until later. I watched this after Saving Silverman. And I have to say, I was relieved that it wasn't as bad as Saving Silverman. Ooh, okay. That when we get to that episode, that's going to be interesting. I like Saving Silverman better. <laughs> oh my god, Saving Silverman is garbage. And we'll talk about it then. But Zach, you you picked the best way to start this series. <laughs> we are we are in we are fuming over here, Zach. <laughs> See, this is the best part. Like, I remember like having a conversation with Rob as soon as I came back to Cinematis after my hiatus, and he's like, "Zach, I just don't know how to do it. Like, I can't just keep picking movies. Like, this is getting hard to do." And I'm like, "Rob, give me the steering wheel, and you will never get it back." <laughs> and and this is the perfect example of this: is me just going through like 2001 releases and being like, "Yes, sugar and spice. Like, this is the girl. This is the girl." Oh God. <laughs> I mean, the alternative would have been me, like, looking at my movie shelf. <laughs> movies that I already own. <laughs> oh, God. So, Zach, did yeah. you see this back in the day? Or what? I guess the, oh, yeah. the better okay. question is what made you want to choose this? Because okay. other movies had to have come out in two, early 2001. <laughs> this couldn't have been the only thing you had to, you had to choose from. Well, no, but this is the thing, though, is that this has been my baby. I, the 2001 Fort year, I've hyped up now for like two years. And as I was doing research, quote unquote, for this, <laughs> I sat there. I'm like, OK. And like I went through like a bunch of the movies like that were released like in early 2001. Because I know like we talked about like, oh, like originally the germ of this idea was just movies that were released in the summer. And then I'm like, well, we need some floor play. Emphasis <laughs> on the L. And we sit there and I'm like, oh, I'm like. I, I, there was like something missing and I, I saw that i'm like yes i'm like this is the perfect type of zach movie a movie that only i remember for some reason it's like my own personal mandela effect and the thing was that like i think i might have mentioned this in numerous comments at this point like cinematis has so many episodes i've lost track whether i've told certain stories or not but like 2001 was kind of like the year where i kind of finally dabbled in movies like that was the year where like okay like i was going to blockbuster all the time like my my father was sharing his movie collection, the infamous like cabinet in the garage that had like 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 a hundred VHS tapes of stuff he taped off of like HBO and like Showtime back in like I the nineteen really eighties. Really that you were watching porn with your dad. No, man. going to take a really weird turn, and you need therapy and stuff. My dad had a bunch well, of I... taped pornos, and for some reason he taped Sugar and Spice. <laughs> okay, if you want to, okay, okay, tangent time. You know what's really funny, Ben, is, like, you mentioned that, but, like, one thing my parents always had a subscription to was Uh Playboy. (laughs) Are you telling me you might have an issue with the Martin Brest interview, Zach? (laughs) What year was that? I would have to look that up. I don't remember. I probably, depending if it was released sometime, like, prior to 2010... There's a very good chance mm. I had it at some point. Mm. There prob- there's a very, very good chance. Um, but, like, 
they all like every month we would get like a thing in the mail, but it was like in, like a black cellophane wrapper. And I'm like, oh boy, guess what's here? So like those were always kind of laying around the house because like my parents is like comical as it sounds and archaic it is to say, they loved it for the articles. Like my mother would read it for the articles. <laughs> and so like like I'm not joking. Like like years ago, like I was throwing out boxes upon boxes filled with Playboys and just the I finally thought I got rid of them all. And just like this like last weekend, I came across like up in a closet, like I'm not joking, like thirty Playboys. And I'm like, God damn it, like it's an infestation. I can't get rid of them. <laughs> They're multiplying. Um, there are other magazines that have articles. Yeah, like, but... there are some magazines that are almost all articles. Yeah, but it's only Playboy with the John Mayer interview where he calls his penis a white supremacist. Okay, so... yes, yes. I remember when that happened. I remember my calls penis a white supremacist. That sounds great. I remember that. I, okay, this is getting a really <laughs> off tangent, but I remember that article because so my mother read that. And I remember her telling me that, like, John Mayer's, like, masturbation is so much better than sex because you can control everything in your mind. And she's being like, what a weirdo. It's like, <laughs> yeah, that that's has that. to, you have to still be able to find that, that article online. That's, like, one of the most infamous articles ever where John Mayer's just like, I'm a fucking weirdo and I'm going to tell it all out in this one article. But yeah, he calls his penis a white supremacist. <laughs> is it Was that... because he doesn't like his penis doesn't like colored women? Is that like yes, what? Exactly. Yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> exactly that. Ben. There's no right. other way to interpret it. I'm pretty well, sure I mean... in the article he he explicitly states that and then says his penis is a white supremacist. Like he doesn't do it the opposite way where he says it and then explains it. He explains it then says it. <laughs> Because I remember they asked him, they're like, you've had sex with, like, oh, God, like, all the, like, Taylor Swift. Oh, God, what was it? Oh, Jennifer God, Aniston, right? Jennifer Aniston. There's a couple other ones. I forget. I've lost track. Like, John Mayer was, like, a male whore back in the day. Yes, yes. Um, they're, like, they're like, what's it like? And he's like, Katy Perry. And he's like, I prefer sitting there, like, it's in my mind. And like, what? And he's like, masturbation. It's like, where it's at? It's like, this is weird. Did it's you, like, did you guys strange. know that John Mayer had like a hidden camera show where he would dress up in like a bear costume and go into the parking lot of his concerts and talk shit about himself to his big fans? <laughs> did you ever hear about that? No. Like he would, he would like go out into the parking lot and there'd be like people tailgating, like, you know, girls that love John Mayer and his music or probably more John Mayer. And he'd be like, have a megaphone standing directly next to them and like screaming into the megaphone, John Mayer's a loser. Like his music sucks, and he'd like mention his songs and be like, "That song's bullshit." He wrote it about a dude, you know, and stuff like that. <laughs> John Mayer is. We we might have to do a John Mayer series. There's no movies, but we just talk about that article for a month. <laughs> Who you guys here to see tonight? John Mayer. Do you know that John Myers pee sitting down? John Myers. You guys pick John Myers fans? Myers or John Mayer? Myers. Myers. Yeah. Did you know that John Myers lip syncs all his concerts? John Mayer. Keep drinking. It's the only way you're gonna make it through the show. Tough guy, you wanna you wanna arm wrestle the bear? I win again. That's 16 to nothing. Oh, I get it. Letting her drag it here is gonna help your chances of scoring later on. The birthday, the girl, birthday should the the birthday girl should hug the bear. The birthday girl should hug the bear. The birthday girl should hug the bear. The bear's not letting go. The bear's not letting go. Oh 
True or false? Your body is a wonderland was written for a guy. Remember, he was on Chappelle's show. Remember that? Like, he was like a nobody. Yep. He was just a guy who plays like, he, like, Chappelle's like, this is my buddy, John Mayer. He can play guitar. <laughs> He's going to be helping out, help us out right now. <laughs> it's like, oh, crap. It's John Mayer. <sighs> but uh, I have no idea how we got on that tangent. Um, Playboy uh, magazines. Aside, John Mayer and, uh, came uh, from porn. Playboy. Playboy came from you and your dad watching porn dad watching together. Porn. Yes. <laughs> yes. My father and I watched porn together. Um, but no, but like this isn't like, I think I might not have explained this, but like what my father would do, like my father always hated it when I would buy movies, like store bought movies. He always believed that like we should rent a movie from Blockbuster on VHS and copy it using like dual like VCRs. He yes. hated it when I bought yes. <laughs> thank you thank you now you know what's so funny that I, he would do this for me and like i would tell people at school and he'd be like don't he's like you just tell them as long as you don't sell it it's perfectly legal and my, and my mother would be like that's not true she's like they don't know that they don't. <laughs> so that's what he would do he but uh, no ben there's no theft we don't use that word so on this podcast <laughs> no no it's like the, it's like when anytime rob uses the word torrent it's like rob just say the t word indefinitely word. borrowing <laughs> <laughs> Um, so like, I remember like, I saw this movie. So when we would sit there, like come visit my grandmother in like Catskill, New York, like she had no cable. So like trips to like the local, like VHS rental store, cause there was no blockbusters, like became like a thing we would do like numerous times a week to keep, like keep me entertained. And so like, this was one of the movies. Cause like we came up in the summer of 2001. I'm just like, I saw the cover and I guess I'm like, I'm intrigued. And I saw this. I remember telling my father, I was like, Yes, there's a Betty doll on the cover. This is very similar to the porn that we watch. Let's... <laughs> those oh those masks are absolute nightmare feel to me. Yeah, I I, yes. uh, I was so unnerved, especially when they're all talking to each other while wearing them. I'm like, this is creepy. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, but I remember like watching it in my grandmother's house and telling my father, I'm like, like go get this from Blockbuster for me. My father's like, just wait until you're back here. Like, you don't need this right now. And so like we went to Blockbuster and we got back from New York and I made a copy of it and like. I always kind of enjoyed it, and we'll get into this later with, like, the Saving Silverman, like, reason why I liked, I liked that movie back in the day. Was it just, like, it was, like, oh, God, how old was I? I was eight years old. So, like, it was just something different. It was, like, oh, God, like, they're talking about, like, there's, vi like, like what's the word? It's, like, high school and, like, adult situations, and, like, there's, like, all these things about sex and whatnot. It was just, like, one of these things that kind of, like, influenced how I thought about the world at a very uh, formative age. And in all honesty, I had not – I have not seen this movie probably in close to 20 years. So part of the reason why of putting it on this series was for me to, like, go back – it was a reason to go back and rewatch it. And I, I'm glad I did that, but not as much as I did Saving Silverman because I have a bunch of thoughts on that film. But – Oh boy, Sugar and Spice is such a weird non-entity of a film. Like, it's like the safest, edgy, like teenage film. Like, this is somebody who, like, like I can imagine. The only reason why this movie exists was that, like, people, like kids, like probably like 13, 14 year old girls went to Blockbuster with their parents and they're like, let's rent American Pie. And the parents were like, the movie where Jason Big sticks his dick in it, like, like a baked good. They're like, nope. They're like, you can have Sugar and Spice instead. It's kind of like that meme that, like, Mom, can we have this? You have that at home. And it's like the lesser version. And that's what this is. This is like a watered down, like, oh, God. It's like the RC Cola, the Coca-Cola. Like, that's <laughs> what this movie is. I, Tell uh, me I'm wrong. Uh, no, no, you're not wrong. Safe is a, is a good way to put it because I definitely thought some of this went safe from the, the raunchy comedies I'm used to. Um, but we'll there get into There is a lot of swearing in this movie. 
in lots of homophobia, like an insane amount of homophobia. Like the part, there's a there's a part in this movie that I will never forget, where Mina Servia, Servina, is Suvari. What? Mina Suvari. (laughs) Suvari, whatever. She doesn't exist anymore. She disappeared after American Pie. She's Kevin Spacey's love interest in American Beauty. Come on. I know. I know. (laughs) Kevin Spacey had her wiped off the face of the earth, (laughs) and he pushed her in front of a train. Um, like, like there's a part where she's visiting her mother in prison. She's like, and her mother calls over another inmate, and she's like, "Mom, you're a dyke," and I'm just like, "Whoa!" This took a left hand turn. Like, man, I got whiplash from this. And well, there, it's just didn't like. I think a couple times before that, they referred to some guy named Bruce as a fag. Oh yep. yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. yep. There's the there's the. Uh, the cigarettes are fags in England joke. Mm-hmm. Uh, they say tarred as well in this movie. It's it's a it's a true relic of two thousand one. <laughs> for that, I can appreciate it. You know, like I like. I like oh all oh the yeah, I, I mean, was allowed to say that's that's kind of what we're getting at here. Um, the the whole two thousand one thing. Ben, is it safe to say that you uh, you watched this movie twenty times when you were younger? Like you would switch <laughs> between this and Walking Tall. <laughs> <laughs> You're like walking tall got me jacked up. I need sugar and spice to take the edge off. <laughs> uh, it, it's uh, it's safe to say in the sense that you're probably not going to get shot for saying it, but uh, but no, it's not. It's I've never seen this movie before. Okay, last okay, night. okay. I, I was familiar with it though. The the like I knew it was about a bank robbery without really any of like i had no idea why i knew that i just knew it was about a bank robbery <laughs> okay okay sure i think if you like grew up in the early 2000s you were always aware of this because i think it like sat on the shelf of like like movie rental stores like blockbusters it was always there Didn't, it was like one of those movies no you can't write a song about it or something <laughs> what <laughs> what it's a, it's a little so, and diane like that's Oh, oh yeah. Oh, okay, I get what you're saying. Yeah, oh, I like that. I like that. <laughs> oh, that's, those crazy teenage. This kids. movie's based on that song, or the song based <laughs> on that movie, something like that. Oh, you tell us John Mellencamp gets a check every single time somebody rents this movie from YouTube. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure. I mean, I don't think they send him a single check every time it happens. I think they do. He's just cashing like fractions of a cent. He's like cashing like quarter of a penny cent. <laughs> Like, I mean, the paper's more expensive than the, what the check's worth. But, yeah. All right. he, need, he needs the money, Ben. He needs it. He needs that constant cash flow. <laughs> no, I, I think I think this is – okay, so that, I think that's our context. And, and as, as we've been talking, Zach has said that we are going through the year and the summer primarily of 2001 in cinema. As I've mentioned before, the take on this is, of course, well, how, how did these movies get us to 9-11? Because we're basically discussing movies almost right up to September of 2001. And, and we have to talk about, you know, this whole series, I was thinking. Well, what did, what did we do? What did Hollywood do to cause 9-11? And I thought it was going to take us this whole 2021. I thought it was going to take us these five months of 2001 movies. But, Zach, you found it. This is the cause. This is directly the cause of 9-11. I think, the infi- right. the, the, I think Al-Qaeda saw this movie. And was like, this is why we need to militarize. <laughs> I, I fundamentally disagree because saving silver <laughs> is the direct cause of 9-11. I, I have to agree with Ben. Saving Silverman is, I would say, more responsible for 9-11 than even probably foreign policy in the Middle East <laughs> in the mid-80s. 
this is uh this is gonna be a strange series but but no so with uh with the 9-11 joke aside which i'm allowed to make i was there for 9-11 i'm the only new yorker here (laughs) that's that's my that's my terrorist event (laughs) i i uh as i said before i think this this movie is a complete failure it's probably one of the least favorite movies we're ever gonna discuss on cinemodities i could not stand this film even though it's 80 minutes long it was painful to watch i think but I did some research that kind of uh, shed some light on this. And so the, the, the thing I wanted to mention at the start is that the credited writer on this film is Mandy Nelson, who does not exist. Mandy Nelson is, is not a writer in Hollywood. Mandy Nelson, there's probably someone by that name, but Mandy Nelson did not write this movie, did not write any movie. I found a 2014 BuzzFeed article. So, you know, once again, we're going to the bastion of truth that is BuzzFeed from 2014 that focuses on Drop Dead Gorgeous, which is a movie, I think, what, two years before this one? And that that focusing on Drop Dead Gorgeous was written by someone named Lona Williams. And apparently Lona Williams wrote the original script for this movie, and it was titled Sugar and Spice and Semi-Automatics. This was being shopped around in 1999. Columbine happened... The people who had this script gutted it. They changed it. They took out so much of what this was in the original script that had to deal with the the robbery, the violence, the guns. And the script ended up being so different from the original that Lona Williams said, I don't want my name on this movie. Change it to a pseudonym. And that's how we get the non-existent Mandy Nelson. So that's why this movie feels so vacuous to me. That they just gutted so much from it, and then they were like, okay, let's just make what we have left with the bare minimum. And I was like, okay, I can I can give this movie a little more leeway because it was, you know, ripped apart in a time right after Columbine where they felt they had to do those things and change these movies. But still, it was it was not enjoyable experience. Another surprising thing, Roger Ebert gave this three out of four stars. (laughs) I was shocked to read that. And I was like, Roger Ebert, maybe you don't know what, like, periods are and you thought it was interesting? Because how else can you find this movie interesting? This is a zero out of four stars for me. (laughs) I I give it a two and a half. Oh, Jesus, Ben. Jesus, that is way too high. (laughs) Uh, This this movie's fine. It's like a normal movie. It's uh, it's not deep at all but stuff <laughs> yeah. is happening the whole time and it all does make sense in in the order it's presented the only the thing that that sucks the most about it was the constant narration from the character who didn't matter at all <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 um no i i mean i i i agree with you that it's not deep that is absolutely true i guess i agree with you that things happen uh, but I think I hate everything else about this movie. I hate the direction. I hate the performances. I hate whoever plays Diane. Her eyes don't point in the same direction. Yes, that drove me nuts. I hate people hit their wall I, I can and I will, Ben. <laughs> no, this, I know we'll get into it more, but uh, this, this movie, I, like I said, I think it is abject junk. I, uh, uh, that's also not to say I'm not pulling a Justin. It's not like I'm going to say nothing made me laugh. I definitely laughed at this movie. There was some stuff that was just so ridiculous and out of place that I, I chuckled. Uh, I think my favorite joke for some reason is the 4-H girl running for prom queen who's like, it's about youth and agriculture. Go 4-H. And I'm like, ha, ah. that's, that's the extent of my laughter at this movie. <laughs> 
That was another lesbian joke, wasn't it? Like the whole 4-H girl? Probably, probably. You know, they they even butcher up to the maximum. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But I guess we have to introduce um, the the thing that kicked off the movie. When they introduce our characters, there's six of them in the opening, like, credit thing. And then one of them's not there for most of the movie because she gets picked up later as the exterminator's daughter. But we have Diane the Mastermind, Hannah the Virgin, Cleo the Stalker, Kansas the Rebel, Lucy the Brain, and Fern the Grass Demon. I know, Ben, you'll appreciate that. (laughs) But Fern doesn't show up for fucking, like, I don't know, too much of the movie. I didn't check the timestamp. But those, the movie introduces six characters to us. There's six in the opening, like, lineup at the start, at the cold open of the movie. And then the movie directly cuts to five of them for most of it. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? (laughs) That, that didn't bother me. Well, that like, bothered the <laughs> shit out of me. I'm like, I'm just like, when's this other girl gonna show up? Like they said there, and in the movie they call her the Terminator. I'm like, they need the Terminator. <laughs> I mean, I was just along for the ride, I guess. I, I understood. <laughs> ben wasn't expecting much from a movie called Sugar and Spice. Like the bar was set incredibly low, I, and he's like, as long as I get like 15 seconds worth of entertainment, I'm happy. You have to keep in mind, I just watched Saving Silverman. <laughs> Almost gouged my eyes out, and then I remembered I had to watch another movie. <laughs> That's good. So, so I guess Zach, we have to ask you, or we have to guess. I have to guess. Uh, this is your new favorite movie of all time. You, do you put this? Has this replaced uh, Blair Witch Project in your pantry? <laughs> is this on the top shelf now? I, this, the camera was too steady. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that that transition where they they do the bird's eye view of the Ouija board and it spins around. That's that's some golden directing right there. God, that oh drove God. me crazy. <laughs> oh God, this movie. Like, but like, this is the thing, though, is that like, this is getting one of those times where Rob and I argue over a film's merits, because like, and this goes to like the core of this series is that like, this movie only exists as like, like off-brand American Pie. Like, what probably happened was American Pie comes out in '99, makes a ton of money, yes. and kind of like what happened with Porky's back like in the '70s, you have a bunch of like imitators. I mean, from what Rob said, I, the Sugar Spice and Semi-Automatics, that movie sounds better than what we ended up with. But it doesn't feel, I, I don't know, I don't, from from what the uh, the original idea was, I guess, I don't feel as much connection to American Pie. But that, that, but that's, that's but interesting, I, but, yeah. Hold on a second, yeah. let me touch on that point by then. Is that like, but I think that's what happened though. It's like you have American Pie comes out in 99, same year as Columbine. And you sit there, they're like, oh crap, like we have this script laying around. It's like, like a bunch of like, it's, I don't want to see a teen sex comedy because it doesn't have really a lot of sex in it. But like, it's like, okay, like we have this thing, but we kind of can't use it in the way that it's meant to be. Like it was designed to be like shot. So let's strip that element out of it and let's just go for it. Like it's going to make money. I remember this so was a time. Are you saying they were like it's too much like the Columbine like Columbine, let's make it more like American Pie? Is that what you're trying no. to tell me? Well, I think it was that like, okay, like this element of it is too hot for today's culture. So let's just strip that element out of it, make it more lighthearted, let's, and we'll have something that makes call money. Culture and let everybody whine us to death. <laughs> well, yeah. That's what I heard. But uh, that's the <laughs> So many things so many good things could have happened. If if people had spines, let was just say that like stand I think, up to the stand up to the criticism. I I, of being I think sensitive. that goes. 
does, does that i think that works for everything ben i like <laughs> that's just a philosophy in life in general it's called have a spine and use like what's it fortune favors the bold um but like that's the thing it's like i think it was like and that's probably why your screenwriter probably didn't want their name attached to it was that like okay it's like they're just using this as a way to just like okay let's just throw something out there yep. like this was the goal like this was like the very tail end of the golden age of you throw something in theaters yet they'll make a ton of money on home video because people on friday people remember like there used to be a thing called like friday night you go to blockbuster and get a pizza or get like some form of takeout and you'd watch a couple movies like that kind of still like that, that kind of doesn't exist anymore in the same fashion it did 20 years ago was that a thing that a lot of people did I, I oh, blockbuster yeah. blockbuster was a huge thing and rental movie houses were a big thing in the 80s and 90s like that was like again go to a blockbuster on friday night it was like good luck it was like you could never find what you were looking for and that's why movies like sugar and spice were there like so like i don't know like i'm trying to think what was like a popular movie like that would be on whole i just been released on home video in 2001 like let's take traffic by what's his name uh the Oh god, who, who directed traffic? I don't remember oh. who directed traffic. I haven't thought about traffic That's, in so long. I, I think the police direct traffic. <laughs> hey oh the hits keep on coming. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, so driving me nuts now. Uh Soderbergh. Soderbergh. Oh, okay. Steven Soderbergh. Um, but I think that's what it was, though. Is that like, okay, like that was a movie that got released sometime in like probably 2001 on home video. That's not available. So like, oh, like what's something else that's like a new release that just looks interesting? It's like, oh, a bunch of t- like cheerleaders like rob a bank. Like why? It's something lighthearted. It's just there. Is that like, okay, they're sold out of the main thing. This is something that's like a substitute that's just meant to do like the bare minimum. And that's why I think it was. I think it was designed had a had a relatively provocative cover. You have like that really like unnerving Benny mask with a bunch of like cheerleaders like in poses being like, let's root for the bad I think like, you're gonna root for the bad girls, whatever the tagline I saw for this was. And that's that's the thing. Like that's what it was designed to do. Like this this is a product, it's not a movie. Like that's where like I agree with Rob in that like this is not a movie. It's a product. <laughs> I think it was me that said I took issue with him calling it a film. <laughs> it's, okay. Uh, yeah, it's. I not, do agree I, with both of you. It is. It is definitely a product. Yeah. It's. Uh, this I think is better suited for like I don't know. It, it feels more like television, like straight to TV movie. Well, Ben, exactly. I am so glad you say that because this yes. is directed by Francine McDougal as the only theatrical film she's ever directed. Other than that, she's done TV shows and Disney Channel original movies. Okay. Yeah. There you go, <laughs> Rob. There you go. That's that's definitely what it felt like. You yes. Know, like if if this had, if this was a movie that had come on TV and I did, I got to watch it for free without having to rent it as a as an eleven year old as I was in two thousand one. Sure, why not? You know, um, <laughs> with the exception of how unnerving the Betty masks are, uh, that got me some. Was it Strangers vibes? Oh like the, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Doll face and shit. Yeah, Why are you was... robbing this bank? Because it was home. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I didn't think of that, man. But that's great. Yeah, they are. They're creepy. <laughs> Why are you robbing this bank? Because you also have milk and eggs. <laughs> God, this this fucking yeah the 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 Francine McDougal. <laughs> I haven't seen her Disney Channel original movies. Go figure and Cowbells. That was cra- that, that was when Disney. Okay, as, as she should expert, never be. She should not be a director. The direction was okay. terrible. <laughs> Excuse me, as the like foremost expert on Disney Channel original movies on this call right now, 
that is the time period where the Disney Channel movies started to go downhill. Like this was after Pixel Perfect. This was after like Cadet Kelly. This is when they're like, oh, we can just do anything. We can hire anybody who can like hold the camera straight, which <laughs> in the, and they will get us product. And that's what this is. This is this is a filmmaker for hire. This is not a again nothing against Francie McDougal, but like she is a like made to hire person. That's it. You calling it a film? <laughs> <laughs> it's a film because that's what it's classified as in the sense of we're, like, we're doing we're that out of convenience, Ben. <laughs> yes. It's not a movie. The product. It's product. I can see that. I can... The head on directing of this movie drove me crazy. There's so many shots where it's just people like almost looking directly down the, the lens. It was driving me crazy. I could not stand it. I was like, just fucking pull the camera back, show me more than one person staring at me saying something stupid. It was it was a nightmare. It was a nightmare. Yeah. I guess I'm more tolerant than you. That didn't bother me in the slightest. Oh god. I almost I almost like I I, to quote this movie, stuck a dirty needle in my eyes when Mm. they go to the 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 parents uh, the Diane's house on prom night and it's the two parents Talking directly to the camera. I'm Di- I'm Diane's mom. You know me from my double D's, and I'm Dennis. Don't you gotta have one of my screwdrivers? And I'm like, fucking kill me, kill me now. This is so obnoxious. <laughs> Look, there's a Christmas card. <laughs> oh, hey, Jack. Why don't you go light a fire under Diane? Huh? <laughs> I'm on it, Mr. Weston. All right. Say, uh, where are my manners? I'm Dee Dee. You can remember me because of my double D's. Oh, that's the <laughs> And I'm Diane's dad, Dennis. Now, don't try that after one of my screwdrivers, okay? <laughs> so, who wants pigs in a blanket? I must have blacked out during that part. I don't remember that at all. Uh, ben, like, is, remember... ben is lucky. Ben came out unscathed. <laughs> I remember when they... Uh... When one of the parents screams and faints because they find out she's pregnant, but I don't. I love I don't, that. I don't remember the screwdriver bit. Oh god, it's 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 a nightmare. It's a nightmare. And that that whole thing where that because she screams when she's like, "Oh, we're we're gonna tell the parents we're getting married," and they're like all excited. And then Diane says, "We're getting married, but not before I have our baby." And then the parents freak out. And I'm like, "Okay, I guess that's a very weird thing to say, but I guess you know." <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, why not? Why not get married before the baby's there? Why are they excited that their 18-year-old kids are getting married anyway? Yeah. Like, that was the, that was the thought I had. They were like, like, when, when they announced their marriage, I was like, oh, the parents are going to fucking freak out at them. And then that was not what happened. And I was like, I don't understand the reality that these people live in. <laughs> that's, that's a good way to put it, absolutely. <laughs> and they were upset about the kid, and I was like, that's a weird way to tell your parents you've been fucking. Like, I don't, <laughs> yep, yep. I'm, uh, I'm not sure about that, but, uh, but we you know, talk whatever. About the- Two thousand one. <laughs> it's a relic. <laughs> we we didn't talk about their meet cute story where she like like a cross eyed like protagonist like really like like backflips into James Martin's face. Yep, yep. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, that's yeah, definitely meet cute. Or she probably give him a concussion. But like, the only thing that's so interesting though is like I wonder like think about it. James Martin the year before this did like X Men. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I forgot about that. Who was so he I in don't... X-Men? Cyclops, I think. Yeah, Scott oh, Summers. Okay. Yeah, I knew he looked familiar, but I couldn't. I didn't. Really James Morrison. James Morrison's been around forever. Like he's the definition of a character actor. Like, like that's the thing. They tried making him into a leading man for a while, 
and it didn't work because that's not he doesn't have that acting ability. He's like he's almost like too pretty. And that's why like now he's like character actor man. He's like playing like the human in the Sonic movie. Oh yes, yes. <laughs> his greatest performance. His greatest performance. <laughs> or as like the closeted gay man in the movie Sex Drive, which is another uh, oh, thing. Yeah. That oh yeah, he's the brother. The yeah. older brother with the motor cycle dirt he's, bike. Yes. He's the uh he's the white he's the white guy in uh, Death at a Funeral. <laughs> yes, that too. He's a character actor. Um but what like does that mean? What is character He's he's not like um, he, no, by character actor he's like somebody who he's not leading man potential. Like he's never going to be front and center. He's somebody that has more of like a personality. Um oh god, like uh, Tony okay, Tony Shalhoub is the definition of a character actor. I don't I think that's just a name. M- monk, he's <laughs> Monk. Tony Shalhoub's Monk, Ben. Get out of here. <laughs> Monk was the leading character. I don't know what you're that, telling but, me. But that, but that was like for TV though. Like that, like again, Tony Shalhoub would never have his like name above the marquee. Like he's never going to be like, like Tom Cruise or George Clooney or somebody like that. Brad and they Pitt, tried Leo, making, yeah. yeah, he's like he's somebody that like he's a good actor, but like he's going to be used like in a more peripheral role as opposed to the leading like actor. Because leading makes sense. Characters aren't characters. So okay. Uh, okay, Ben, go look. Go look up. Go on Google and type in "character actor" definitely, like, like definition, and then come back to the conversation. I don't, <laughs> um, I don't, I don't agree with. Take name. five. Take, take five. I hey, I'm just reporting my understanding of cinema. Don't don't attack the rules. Don't attack the message. Yeah, Ben's like, I don't agree with the name, and it's like most people don't agree with names, but we're in fucking stupid <laughs> tradition reality. <laughs> Oh, God. But getting back to Sugar and Spice, like, the reason why, like, I don't know why I was always kind of, like, I I wasn't enamored with this film. I just remember it being part of just, like, the fabric of my summer of 2001. Like, I didn't, obviously, I didn't see this in theaters. But, like, it was part of that same time frame where, like, I really started to get into movies. And that was, and this was just part of that. Because I know I've even talked about it. I kind of got to still figure out how I'm going to work in that, like, AFI 100 Years, 100 Thrills, like, CBS special into all this. And I know Rob loves commercials, but, like, you'll literally <laughs> see the same, like, blockbuster commercial where, like, people are eating, like, shrink-wrapped cheese, like, in the packaging. <laughs> like, 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 no, that's a real commercial. And, like, that airs, like, a thousand times during that special. And it's, like, it shows, like, a bunch of people, like, at a barbecue. And they're, like, like, honey, like. This ham is delicious. Like, <laughs> yes, it's exactly that, but it's with shrink wrap cheese. And like, honey, did you not take the plastic off the cheese? And he's like, and you hear like crunch, crunch, and he's like plastic. And it's like, like, why not stay in and rent a movie from Blockbuster? You can get like our latest hits, like Traffic, and like all these other things. I'm just like, what? Like, this was such a like seriously. 911 was caused by this. 911 helped shrink wrap cheese. Are you talking like, about like cheese slices that. that are individually yeah, wrapped? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I, what I, what came to mind was cheese sticks. And I was oh. like, <laughs> and I was like, people are eating, just like eating plastic. What are you telling me? Yes. Uh, okay. Okay, Ben. Imagine that oh, same visual good. you just conjured up, but instead of it being like cylindrical cheese, it's a slice. It's the same principle applies. People are eating cheese with plastic on it. <laughs> do you what? eat your Do you eat your cheese with or without the skin? <laughs> <laughs> How is that supposed to encourage me to rent movies? The commercial exists, Ben. I had to watch it a million times. It's there. The proof is in the pudding. They're saying, like, instead of being a fucking moron, why don't you go rent a movie? What it's saying is that instead of being a moron that eats cheese with plastic, be a moron that watches sugar and spice at home on a weekend. Is your husband a fucking r-
<laughs> sit him down in front of the TV so you can get something done. <laughs> that's, that's what I was thinking. Is like, like, just sit down in front of the TV and don't hurt yourself for like an hour and a half. <laughs> it's, uh, it's Jim Carrey. It's the cable guy's character. When he's a child, his mom just keeps him in front of the TV. But what with a grown-out husband? <laughs> just sit here, honey. Just sit here. Here's a screwdriver. It'll make it look like you're doing something. <laughs> no, don't poke yourself in the eye with that. <laughs> it's a oh, screwdriver, God. and the tip has a cork on it <laughs> for safety. <laughs> Sugar and spice coming to Blockbuster next month. <laughs> Oh my god! Right, I didn't. I didn't know about this individually wrapped cheese eating <laughs> blockbuster media campaign, and people wonder why they went out of business. I mean, <laughs> the internet. I think. Uh, <laughs> oh jeez. Oh, um, but no. So like, that's the thing. This movie didn't have a big impact. It's just kind of part of like the fabric of that summer for me sure and i figure there's no better way to kick this i was like rob you know we can't delve directly into like the heavy hitters we can't just go immediately into freddy got fingered and monkey bone and spy kids we have to <laughs> ease our way into the insanity like remember there's a reason why the terrorists pick september the 11th <laughs> and they didn't pick like february like they didn't just immediately this was the, like the germ of the idea with sugar and spices and as we got yes. through the summer they're like oh crap like they made a new version of, of othello with josh harnett and like julia styles and there's a school shooting involved then the terrorists are like osama was like okay we have to do this we have to stop that <laughs> this was the when sugar and spice came out it started the planning phase I yeah think we can that's say. <laughs> when they're like okay how are we going to do this like, like america must be stopped oh god i, I still think they should aim the planes at hollywood <laughs> That, uh, that's, you know, that's, uh, I don't, I don't agree, disagree with you there, man. <laughs> Rob's like, that's not the worst think, idea. Do you think that maybe they thought the World Trade Tower was Hollywood? Like, we, the world may never know. know. <laughs> is, it, is it even safe to talk about this? We're, uh, we're pushing our luck at the start, man. <laughs> all, all we need, no, no, Rob, we have to think about Rob. Literally, the first words out of this podcast were, Zack Snyder goes into Warner yes. Brothers and he's like has like a poster and it's of the like the second tower hitting the, I'm sorry the second plane hitting the tower and he's like this but Superman yep. and they're like yeah. soul Mr. <laughs> Snyder you're in charge of our multi-billion dollar franchise yeah that was the pitch uh Zack Snyder took the uh took the the Jimmy C page out of Jimmy C's book when Jimmy C said Romeo and Juliet but on the Titanic Zack Snyder was like Superman but 9-11 <laughs> <laughs> And they were like, green light, how much money would you like, Mr. Snyder? <laughs> how many zeros in this check, Zach? Oh, God. We're, and we're still feeling the effects of that, Rob. How many, like, on what, a decade oh, later? We are still feeling. He started working on that film, like, this time 10 years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. And we're still feeling the re reverberations of that. Oh, Jesus. In insane and they're giving him more money that's the strange thing about hollywood <laughs> that's why hollywood must be stopped they're still giving him money to make that happen oh god we truly live in the worst timeline oh 100 yes. percent. we live in the worst timeline so so sugar and spice quick question i had for you guys thoughts on conan o'brien because for some reason there's, there's a z plot that someone's in love with conan o'brien in this movie <laughs> And leather. Yes, Conan O'Brien's leather apartment. Well, I, I think that gets at some bigger issue I have with this movie, that in the beginning of the film, we have, as Ben said, the narrator that doesn't matter. She's, like, breaking down all of our cheerleaders, 
And they all have their traits. They're like, this one's religious. This one's the nerd. This one's mother shot her father while she was in labor. This one is the leader and someone else does – oh, Conan O'Brien. There we go. And so the movie would bring this up later and I would be like, oh, yeah, they have personality traits. I Like the movie made me forget that like the nerdy girl was the nerdy girl because when they do their research watching movies, the nerdy girl watches Heat and then she, at the lunch table she's like, here's my character summary on Heat. Here's my plot analysis. Here's the other research I did. And I'm like, where the fuck is this coming from? Oh, that's right. She's supposed to be nerdy. And it's like they're just like single beat. It's so basic. It's just like she's nerdy. We're not going to mention that until this one other scene. And then it's like, oh, no, I have a Harvard scholarship. And I'm like, okay, I guess they have one-dimensional personality traits. It just felt very vacuous to me. Like the movie was bringing them up just when they needed it for a joke. Well, that's the whole thing. They're all. It's supposed to – again, it's also like a watered-down version. Again, it's a heist movie at the end of the day. And that's like what it is. Like each one of them comes to the table with their own kind of specialty. Their skill set. Yeah. <laughs> as, as crazy as that sounds, that's what it is as a concept. Whether it works is a completely like separate issue entirely. Yes. But that's what they're going for. Like like you have like what the religious girl who's just there for like isn't it like aren't religious people stupid? Yeah. Like that's literally like she's just a punching bag and horse jokes. Um, yep. Yeah. Oh my gosh, the horse, the horse gasm or whatever. The, <laughs> the horse gasm. I like that. <laughs> okay, but this is okay. This is the point I'm getting at. Like I know Ben's kind of just like 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 lukewarm on this. Rob, this is why this movie is just kind of like bonkers in a very low key way. Is like you have a moment in this film where somebody actually wrote out like, oh. I'm religious, like, sex is bad, sex is evil, yet, like, during horse riding camp this summer, I think I, like, what, broke my cherry on horse riding, and it's no, like... She, yeah, like, she says that she's not a virgin because she had an orgasm. Yes. That's that's what she says. And you ha- this goes on for, like, three minutes. Think about it, Rob, this movie's, like, 70 minutes long, and that's, like, what? Like, 5% oh. of the movie is devoted to that? Yeah, because then they're like, they're like, what? They're like, we're going to rob this bank. What are you going to do with the money? And the, the Diane's like, you could give it to uh, your religious group or buy one of those starving kids that Sally Struthers sells on TV. <laughs> and then the religious girl is, well, that, that's like a very 2001 because it's not yes, Sally Struthers yes. anymore. But then it's, then she's like, or I could buy a horse. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this movie's so boring. I forgot that that happened 20 minutes ago. <laughs> God, Rob, it was a different time, Rob. People were so like they we weren't in day like we were back in the day. It's probably got somebody really, really like excited or happy back in the day. Someone's like, Me too. <laughs> I'm sure. Me yeah. too. I also had my first orgasm on a horse. <laughs> like, well, like that that's like bestiality, but not all the way. It's like per, it's like peripheral bestiality. <laughs> peripheral bestiality. <laughs> yes, yes. Some I'm sure some people really like Conan O'Brien, you know. <laughs> That's also just not just not NBC, just not NBC. <laughs> just, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, all these all these little personality traits. I was just like, like I kept, I don't know. I was so disengaged with this movie. I was so taken up, like aback from the, all these the the terrible directing. I could not stand. I I couldn't get into it. And then Fern shows up. And then Fern shows up. She's on the cheerleading squad. And I'm like, does she even go to their school? 
Yeah, like, I wondered that. Like, I wondered that. I was like, is she just kept in the back of like the exterminator shop, like chained up when she's not working for her dad? Because <laughs> she's not in the movie any point earlier. Like I was, I was expecting that, or I was thinking they should have replaced the 4-H girl at the beginning with Fern and had some introduction to be like, oh, that's the weird girl. We don't like her. And then she's forced on them so they can get guns later. But Fern literally pops out of nowhere. And I'm just like, okay, I guess we're doing this. She's she's a cheerleader now. <laughs> Rob, she's too busy like siphoning off the cyanide take. Yes, come on. Yes, come on. God, this movie is a mess. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I guess Not we should movie, say because we Not mentioned it's yes, this product is a mess. <laughs> <laughs> this is a slice of moldy cheese with the wrapper still on. <laughs> I, I guess we do have to mention that I was shocked to see that uh, when they go to um, uh, Manu Suvari plays Kansas. My favorite of the cheerleaders, uh, the rebel, when she goes to the jail to uh, meet her mom, I was sh- my note is literally, is that Sean Young? Is, yep. is that yep. Sean Young who Harrison Ford, the robot that Harrison Ford rapes in Blade Runner? <laughs> it is. Yep. <laughs> and I I'm could, like, I she does not look good. <laughs> I know. I couldn't believe it. I, I, I was like, wow. I'm like, this was 20 years ago. It's like, like 20 years, like less than 20 years after Blade Runner. Yep. Yep. I've never known a woman named Sean. <laughs> <laughs> I like how that's I like how that's Ben's takeaway from this. Like, oh, the woman that the robot that Harrison Ford rapes in Blade Runner. And Ben's like, Sean? <laughs> I've never seen Blade Runner either, so... Ben's like, that's fine, it's a robot, you can rape it. And I'm like, you're goddamn right, Ben, it's your robot, you can do whatever the fuck you want to it. It's not rape if it's a robot. Exactly. Like I've said before, if your robot doesn't do what you want it to do, you pick it up, you smash it against the wall, and you reset it. It's property. (laughs) I I have a feeling that like 30 years from now, Rob's gonna be cancelled for that comment. Oh, when the machines take over, I'm the first to go. Probably <laughs> get canceled for saying robot rape is illegal. Speaking of, of getting canceled, Marilyn Manson got canceled recently, or for Columbine because we've been talking about Columbine <laughs> recently. Oh, again, uh, okay, because he was he yeah, was what the media said was the cause of Columbine. Yeah, he got like actually canceled, like dropped from some star show he was in, and dropped from his network la- or record label. He was in like, a show, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, apparently, I did not know that. <laughs> Oh, That's good. Keep it a topical. Marilyn Manson, he's around uh, for Columbine. He's around for us discussing the movie of Impacted by Columbine. Right on. <laughs> Four, 14 years after the fact, after the <laughs> thing that he did is what he got canceled for. Nice, nice. But better late than never. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't know. Statute of limitations exists. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Not in the court of opinion, Beal. Not in the court of public opinion. Mm, mm-hmm. That is the case. You can ask Kevin Hart about that. <laughs> yeah. So I I don't know what the what the hell else is there to talk about this movie. I mean, I guess I guess the the things that I have to say that are good. I mentioned the 4H girl that got a chuckle out of me. I I I did actually like the joke where uh informer girl, I think Lucy, uh, Maria Sokoloff goes to the video store where James Marsden's working and she rents Lolita, nine and a half weeks and wild things. And I'm like, I don't know if anybody would get that joke ever. And then I think the other thing is when they steal the exterminator's van as a getaway car, they're like, jump in, we can't stop, the brakes are bad. And I'm like, I want more of that. I I want to see people get hurt because they can't stop their car. But then they just slide and, like, drift and stop it outside the grocery store. I think that's all I got to say. (laughs) That's it, Rob's like, okay, our time for our questions, moving on. (laughs) I 
the, so while I was watching both of these movies that I watched as a double feature last night, the, the most of, of my thoughts were around like, what the fuck am I going to say about this? Be- <laughs> because I'm kind of in the same boat as you, Rob. Like, there's not a lot to say. Like, it's a movie. Some things happen. They do a cheerleading heist. There's a couple jokes. Like, it's not interesting. It's not special. It was just a movie from the 2000s. Like, it... <laughs> it Will fade into it would have faded into faded into obscurity already if we weren't talking about it. <laughs> yes, it like, would have like, faded unless Zach came to the rescue and like swooped in and rescued it. <laughs> like that being said, like I didn't hate it. Like I watched it and I was like, I don't necessarily want to kill myself because of this movie, but that's it. Like that it's it's <laughs> it's just like yes, when yes. when when you were like we're doing a net like. When we started this recording session, I thought we were doing a double feature because both of these movies have not shit to say. About. <laughs> no, but, we're keeping we're keeping these as two episodes. We're gonna we're gonna do it. We're gonna try. God damn it! <laughs> I, I think we're gonna have to spend some time talking about politics or something because I don't know. What the <laughs> see, else see, to Ben, say. I had to do this very carefully because if we double this up and if we double this with Saving Silverman into one episode, Zach would have a new opening for another movie. Uh-huh. We had to keep these separate because Zach okay, would have been like. What other raunchy teen comedy that isn't funny can I find? <laughs> <laughs> Remember, we're still talking about American Pie two this summer. Remember, that's coming, so oh, we God. will get to the. Uh, we're getting to the real McCoy in a few months. <laughs> the real McCoy. <laughs> oh Jesus, this this movie. No, I'm with you, Ben. That's actually how it, it kind of came about that we're recording two today, which we haven't done in a while. Zach, record two episodes in the same day because I watched Sugar and Spice earlier this week. And I texted Zach, and I was like, I definitely do not have a lot to say about this movie. Can we get more done? <laughs> hey, I want to talk about Promising Young Woman. Rob's like, no. I was like, more I was like, I would prefer to have, yeah, I was like, I would prefer to have more of a backlog of the main stuff. And I'm, and, but we, no, we will have to do Promising Young Woman eventually, uh, which I did watch. So we can actually discuss it eventually. <laughs> okay, but getting to this movie, getting going back to this movie, like, yes, is it formulaic a hundred freaking percent? Because that is what it was intended to do. And that's why I don't, it's like, again, it's like getting mad and like going to McDonald's and being like, can you believe this is the same like every other time I've come here? Like, it's a product, but like there are these weird sort of just like odd moments like when they're at like during the bank robbery and you have like the hick man being like, how dare you use the Lord's son's name in vain. And like, he pulls out a knife and he's going to start shanking them. And like, all of a sudden they like, even though they have like, they did not assemble like the automatic weapons. Right. And they like duct tape them together. Yes. And they start just shooting it. And they're like, and they're like, what was that? And they're like, Oh yeah. When you like pull them off the bodies of like the dead Colombians, sometimes there's a couple of rounds left in the clip. I'm like, what was like, what? I'm like, what? It's like, like, how'd that line get through? I ain't gonna let some piece of shit Betty doll tell me what to do. No siree, Bob. Freeze me, Jesus, asshole. Don't we never use the Lord's son's name in vain around these parts of the U.S. of A? Uh, I forgot to tell you, sometimes when the rebels take the gun off a corpse, some live rounds get left in the clip. Good to know. I have I have an even further problem with that. Somebody <laughs> recommended this person to them to get guns from. Yes. 
yes. One of the one of the, itchy. the female itchy. itchy, yes, one of the female yes. prisoners, yeah. Why would anybody recommend somebody who's gonna sell you piecemeal guns? He IKEA'd us, as they say <laughs> in the movie. Which I did I did like that line. I wrote that one down. I was like I was like, man, I'm I'm really looking for something in this movie. <laughs> I I really I wanted them to like use those like pool floaty noodles to like <laughs> you know finish up their barrels or whatever. Like that would be great. We need a silencer. Oh, let's chop up a pool noodle. <laughs> <laughs> can we can we say that Mina Savari is the best? Like, she's the only person trying in this movie. That I she's the, I think the best performance and the, my favorite of the cheerleaders. She's just very underutilized, as I think everybody is in this movie, except Diane. They focus on Diane so much. Well, like she's your Fern. protagonist. Yeah. Fern is uh, – I've seen her in other stuff. I don't know what, but I, I like her already as an actress. I don't know. Yeah, she this, looked this familiar. Yeah, I didn't look into her though. This movie isn't made – like it's not probably – if she is famous, it's not what catapulted her there or anything. But like, <laughs> <laughs> What are your credits? Uh, I was the girl who had maybe – 16 words to say in the last 30 minutes of Sugar and Spice, <laughs> and I become a uh, guns and ammo model. <laughs> oh, well, that's the best part. Yeah, that that was probably the best part of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> the ending, yes, I totally agree. Okay, we need to talk about the ending. One thing that I always, like, it's, it's oh, God, it's one of those tropes in movies that, like, I know I've talked about before, I love it in movies where you have the thing, like, like where two, two characters are fighting and one says to the other, where's your god now? And the other one's like, um, <laughs> oh, God, Rob, what was it? Remember from District 9, like, if I eat your arm, I will consume your power. I want to eat your arm and gain your power. <laughs> I, I love that. One thing I, a movie trope I hate is I hate, like, after the credits, like, oh, where are they now? It's like they're fictional characters. Like this is almost as bad as Pixar creating fake bloopers. I'm like literally yes. nothing happened. I'm like if you have more story to tell, include it in the narrative. Don't include it in the credits. Like this is odd. Like it's lazy. Like there's this weird thing about like where like James Marsden becomes like a senator like when he's under the age of like 20. And <laughs> yeah. it's like that's not even legal. You cannot become a senator until like you're what, 30? 35, it's, I think. Or that's the president age. I don't know. That's, that's what I mean. It's like, oh, like they had the kids and he ran for senator and they show the kids are like three years old. And they're like, they won. It's like that is literally unconstitutional. <laughs> Yes, he he becomes senator, and his like his campaign team are the two dudes from the video store in that little after the fact thing. What Lucy goes to Harvard and invents a pizza box, I think, is in that. <laughs> and I'm just like, yes, because okay. In, in the early two thousands, the pizza box did not exist yet. I think the one it's that, a modern invention. Yeah, the one that blew me away the most is that Lisa, the, Lisa the informer, marries Bruce who's the one, the male cheerleader. And I'm just like, okay, I, I don't care that much. And speaking of Bruce, when, when he's introduced at the start of this movie, I was like, the timing is wrong. That is not Alan Cummings. I think he looks so much like a young Alan Cummings, but it's, his name is David Belenke, and this is the only thing he's ever acted in. <laughs> yeah, I... Like I, I just something when that happened when they said the, like, the, the, the girl who like, like narrates the entire movie, and it's like, oh, like... Like, so-and-so married so-and-so. And I'm like, are these characters in the movie? I'm like, is this just like a subplot they took out in editing? And I'm like, oh, wait. <laughs> this was the narrator of the film who's, like, not really given a name. 
Yes. Yes, absolutely. What is isn't her name like Chloe or something? I think it's I'm pretty sure it's Lisa. Lisa. That's at least what I have written down. She's okay. uh, she's she's Maria or Marla Sokoloff. I think I said Maria before. I I think um I I agree with you Zach that sometimes those after the fact things always bother me. I like it more in like, you know, biopics or things that are actually non-fictional characters. Yeah. But I I there's one that always stands out to me. There's some movie about like People, it's a high school comedy, and it's about, like, people cheating on a test or something. It might be oh. called Cheaters. Hey, kids, the movie Rob was thinking of is actually called Cheats from 2002. But it's, I can't remember it, but, you know, it's about all these different techniques for, like, cheating and stuff like that. And at the end, they do a, like, where are they now type of thing. And it says, like, um, in, I remember for some reason in the whole movie, there's, like, one character is, like, pining after one of the girl characters, and the girl, like, never wants to be with the dude, and in the, in the like, where are they now section, it, it reveals through text, like, very slowly, where it's, like, you know, Chris eventually ended up, like, sleeping with Maria. They started to have sex, and then Maria woke up. And I'm like, holy <laughs> shit, that, that, that went zero to 90 very fast. And that always stands out to me as one of, like, the most ridiculous where are they now things. Was, was that did, – did you get the impression that was, like, played for, as a joke? Definitely. It's a very – it's one of those, like, another raunchy teenage movie, yeah. Yeah, so th- that's always something that, that kind of stands out, you know, when you're looking at something that old is the the level of, of freedom they took with uh, with – rape yeah <laughs> yes absolutely <laughs> nowadays people are like that's straight rape and we don't tolerate it <laughs> it's like we're woke now we're woke now well ben well, and i are woke zach is not too woke <laughs> she, no i mean it's not rape if she's woke it's only rape <laughs> if she's asleep Rob. that's what i'm trying to tell you <laughs> but, uh, but, but, uh, but, oh, the hits man. keep on coming <laughs> This is going to be the episode that kills Cinemonis, not that Rob called Raven Simone the C-word like a hundred times. <laughs> yeah. This will be the episode that does us in. Oh, the, the beginning of the fourth year is the end of Cinemonis. <laughs> My notes well, are so know. sparse. <laughs> Looking for <laughs> uh, anything. Die the hero or live long enough to be a <laughs> yeah. <something like> <laughs> I thought you were going to say, you either die a hero or live long enough to discuss sugar and spice. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you can edit out what I said. Just put that. That's better. I mean, one of my notes is seeing Reservoir Dogs with Conan O'Brien as the picture-in-picture is pretty crazy. Like, that's what I'm grasping at in this movie. (laughs) Rob, what's a joke that we made when we talked about, like, how many Zack Snyder films? It's like, we talked about, like, like how many of his films? When we talked about, like, what? There's only two David Lynch films. Yes, yes. One Stanley Kubrick. (laughs) And, like, we go through all this stuff. We're talking about Sugar and Spice right now. Oh, God. We we, we only have a finite amount of time on this earth yet. We're talking about an early 2000s comedy. I know. I know the audience. When this episode drops, they're going to be dying for my Francine McDougal rankings. How does Sugar (laughs) and Spice stack up to cowbells? (laughs) Right, Rob. Which episode will get the least amount of downloads? This or Hot Tomorrows? Oh, God. Probably this. I mean, it's going to be like 40 minutes or something. Well, yeah, it's fair. It's going to be a short episode, so we'll probably get people in there just don't want to, like, dabble in, like, the four-hour uh, shiny episode. Yeah, yeah. So if you, if you want to just hear us talk about stuff that's not actually the movie, listen to this episode. <laughs> okay, okay, I guess I, I, guess I got something, because this is something we haven't talked about on the podcast, maybe not directly, but it's something that I think is incredibly stupid that I think we can all jump in on. We get a scene, we get a montage in this movie of them preparing for and performing th- at the um, 
what is it? It's it's like the winter pep rally, they call it, or something like that. And oh, yeah. s- we see them cheering with, like, the Santa hats on and things like that. So, question for you guys. Because that's in this movie, is this a Christmas film? <laughs> because I think we're all aware of the, of the stupid, endless debate that idiots have, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? But I don't, I don't want to go there. This is something I heard that I haven't told you guys that I was blown away by. Someone said to me, this was back around Christmas last year, that The Lord of the Rings is a Christmas movie. And I said, why? And they said, because there's elves in it. And so I said, any movie with a tree is a Christmas movie because there's a tree in it. So, so what do we think about, is this a Christmas movie? <laughs> Uh, there is I a mean, tree in it. <laughs> this movie, part of this movie, does take place around Christmas, I guess. Uh, but by th- by that ruling, I think every Harry Potter movie is a Christmas movie. Yep, yep, they have Christmas so, scenes, absolutely. So I'm not. I don't think that's enough. I mean, they do specifically say rob the bank the day after Christmas. Yes. Uh, yep. No holiday because pickups. everybody's at home beating their kids or, or something. <laughs> yes, she does say something like that. <laughs> That's a pretty good line. Listen, robbing banks is like pulling a trick. You gotta stay in control, know how far you'll go to get the dough, and always put the rubber on yourself. You know what I mean? And you gotta do it the day after Christmas. Why? Banks don't have holiday pickups, so vaults are full. Besides, everyone's at home eating leftovers and beating their kids. Is it a Christmas movie? I mean... I don't know. I don't have a fun answer to this. I feel like my definition of a Christmas movie is a movie that revolves thematically or at least in terms of plot around Christmas as a holiday. You you are going to get canceled for that because if a movie has anything remotely to do with Christmas, no matter how distant the walk is, it's a Christmas movie. So every so, movie is a Christmas Is there one movie that isn't a Christmas movie? Maybe Mad Max because there's no trees in Mad Max. <laughs> but there's little people, though. So fuck it. It's a Christmas movie. <laughs> Hold on. Mad Max happens at a time of the year, and Christmas is also a time of the year. <laughs> so There's it. a month when it takes place. Christmas happens in a month. <laughs> Speaking I, of that, have, have you heard the new argument that people – and Rob's going to love where I got this from. This, is from. this is from Blank Check. They're talking about how like – People they're really talking about like that same sort of philosophical debate over like what defines a Christmas film. And like I think it was their Ben was like, Oh, like I have always thought of blank as a Christmas movie. And they're like, That has nothing to do with Christmas. But he's like, Yeah, I always watch it on Christmas though, so it's a Christmas movie. And like Griffin's oh like, God. Is that is that where we are now? Just because you watch a movie on Christmas, it makes it a Christmas movie. If and that's like, the well, case, Surf Ninjas is a Christmas movie. That by that <laughs> definition, literally any movie could be a Christmas movie. Yes, because you watch it on Christmas. It may, like that's the thing. That's this is what drives me crazy. Don't ever compare me to this other Ben again. He's I clearly inferior. You. <laughs> you have used his nickname, Zach, and that's that's bad enough. <laughs> This is it. Always the drives me crazy. Are so wide right now, like there's literally nothing. You just shoot the ball somewhere here, and it's going in. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, this is what drives me crazy. Is because I think I, I first started hearing this with Die Hard, where people were like Die Hard's a Christmas movie. No, it's not, and they'd argue about it. And I agree. I, I think of that argument the same way as I think of the fucking. Um, do you put the cereal in first or the milk in first? What difference does it make? <laughs> The cereal will start to get soggy as soon as the milk hits it regardless. So what is it taking you an hour to eat your cereal? And then the same thing. What does it matter if Die Hard is a Christmas movie? How does that change the movie? Is sogginess 
the reason that people talk about which way they do cereal or milk. I'm, I'm pulling a Zanger. I, I know thought, that's what Zanger has talked about on Nights of Vader. I thought it was a volume thing. Like, yeah, that's what I always thought. the milk in, then whenever you put the cereal on it, if your cereal floats at all, you're not going to be able to get the same amount of volume. It's, as it's, if you a, put bo- the it's a buoyancy issue, Rob. It's a <laughs> yeah, buoyancy issue. it's clearly issue. a buoyancy and volume issue. There's nothing hey, to do I'm with going, soggy. Hey, I'm going from what Zenger said like a year ago on Nights of Vader. Are we, are we really <laughs> using Zenger as, a, as like a reference point right now? Because he's the, whole, he's the only one that flawed. continually brings it up to me, so... <laughs> If Zanger is your cr- is kind of like your crush, you're you're in worse shape than we thought. So to, to be fair though, because of the buoyancy issue, some of the top cereals not going to be touching any milk. So I guess sogginess could be related. But that's the dumbest thing to care about in terms of this question. What? Uh, th- but that's the thing. What difference does it actually make? <laughs> I mean, if you want to eat dry cereal, you can just eat it out of the box. Exactly. <laughs> there's there's ways around this. It's the same thing. I'm saying. What difference does it make? If Die Hard is a Christmas movie, what actual difference would that make to the Okay, movie? okay. You know what? I'm going to have to pull a David Lynch here on this Uh-oh. Twin Peaks season two Uh-oh. and clean up the mess. Got to clean up the mess that Mark Frost is making right now out of my show. Nadine's right. back in high school. What? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, like, we have a scene in this that I find amusing on, like, a, it's kind of a dumb level. Like, when they get all the guns, like, in the giant crate and they pull into kansas's driveway yes, yeah. and we see the mailman we see a dog running down the sidewalk for no reason like it's an establishing shot and i just find it very very like it's almost sitcom level where it's like oh you have a mailman and there's a dog just running down the block for no reason sure i just found that like inherently comical for some reason just kind of how flat the angle is of the shot and just like it's like what's going on and they bring the gun into the basement and it's supposed to be her grandparents house Yes. And like I said, Candace is probably the best character in the movie. And like you said, Rob, she's the most underutilized in the sense of like there's it feels like you could actually do something with that character. But I like you look in the basement and the basement has like the weirdest like pictures in the background. It's like this really like modern art that seems so uncharacteristically for like like grandparents. Well, as far as I can tell, the grand the grandma can't actually walk all the way down the stairs. <laughs> and I think it's because of the smoking. Is that what it is? Of that, uh, yeah. I mean, we only see her feet in that scene, right? Yeah. Like, I, she's like, she, she even says, like, I'll put a plate of cookies at the top of the stairs. Yeah. Like, that gave me the impression that she is not capable of walking all the way down the stairs. So I'm I thinking thought it was cu- Are you down. girls down there practicing kissing on your hands? Yeah, Grandma. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought she wasn't going down to give them privacy. I didn't think about it. it was the fact of her, like, ailment. I definitely got the impression that she, like... Every every situation like that I can ever think of, the parent is like, I'll bring you a tray of cookies. And she was like, I'm going to set it at the top of the stairs. Like, not I'm going to leave it on the kitchen counter because why, like, why would you just put it on the floor? Like, there's nothing <laughs> like the, the only thing that I can I can imagine is that she is just incapable of walking down the stairs. She does have a heart attack off screen later, right? Yes. <laughs> well, maybe. Yeah, I think I think Kansas grandma had a heart attack. I heard her coughing and a thump. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like just a comment too, where Kansas is going to visit her mother, and like the mother's like, "You don't look anything like your picture." She's like, "Yeah, grandma sent you a picture of a neighborhood girl. So if you ever try to kidnap you, you pick the wrong person." It's like <laughs> I found that like hysterical. I was just dying at that. I'm just that was like, funny. The thing that followed that though, I didn't really understand because she was like, "I I thought maybe I killed the wrong man," but she's well, that- like. You don't look nothing like your picture. Grandma and Grandpa sent you a picture of a neighbor girl. They didn't want you to break out and come kidnap me. 
thank God. I was starting to think I killed the wrong man. She's saying that Can- she thought Kansas Kansas's dad wasn't the dad, and she therefore killed the wrong cheating husband. Like I don't, <laughs> I don't understand that. Like, is she implying that she cheated, and it's then a, she should have a... killed the guy that she cheated with because he was shipping a nurse? Because I don't think that that was. <laughs> I think I think Ben just literally uncovered like a black hole sized plot hole in this film that just literally drags the entire film into it. Ben's right, like that this is whole literally movie a plot is a hole. Black hole. <laughs> <laughs> but I think Ben literally just discovers something that destroys the fabric of the film. I think he just like <laughs> like that's literally like like that made that literally that joke makes literally no sense when you think about it. Like Ben just he tore the film a new one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Ben, this is the first time in Cinemati's history someone has destroyed a film. Like, literally just blew it up. Good. Even, Thank you, Ben. Good. <laughs> this movie needs destruction. Even, we didn't even do that with Dr. Sleep, Rob. We couldn't even do that. You know, Zach, uh, to get back to your point, I did notice the artwork in um, Kansas's basement room. Definitely, I noticed behind them, it looked like there were, like, Picasso-esque paintings of what I imagine are the five cheerleaders. Like, I imagined it was, like, her terrible drawings of her and her friends. That's the only thing I could think yeah, of. <laughs> I, I, that's pretty cl- – I didn't even think of that. So that's, if they did do that, that's some clever set dressing by the uh, prop department. But you're right. It is, like I said, Picasso-esque. It's very, like, modern art type of thing, you know? <laughs> sure. No, I'll take it. It's, it's something. It's something. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's this goddamn movie. <laughs> also, can we explain their, like, low-key, like – like practice attempt at like stealing money from like the lunch lady. Oh, with, yeah. First, I don't even know what the hell they're selling tickets for, but they distract it, her with it, choking. I think it was lunch. It was like it, I think they were literally selling tickets for lunch. And and Lucy gets seven though. She's like, I want seven tickets. They were discounted if you bought more than. <laughs> it, there was a sign in the background. <laughs> that this that when that started happening and they did their practice run of robberies. I was definitely like, this is this almost the same structure as the Going in Style remake, where Michael Caine and and the, and Morgan Freeman were practicing a bank robbery by stealing ham from a grocery store. I was like, this is not a good a good story structure. I do not enjoy this. I didn't Fair. like. It. I didn't like it, Zach. <laughs> That's the thing, though. But like Ben said, though, it seemed like they were selling tickets to some sort of event. And at the, like when they're counting the money, they're like two hundred dollars. How can they afford to feed us on this rate? And it's like, what? Like, that's not how any. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, that's not how buying lunch works at any school that has ever existed. So I don't really. Well, I mean, that gets at even like this. This movie has, as Ben just meant. Well, that Ben mentioned the uh, the joke with the mother in prison. I there's that that scene at the beginning when um. James Marsden is playing the foot in the football game and he's running down the field and like Diane is running alongside of him and they do that slow motion. I love you thing. And they are playing like a, a jingle bells, Christmas esque version of the Ramones blitzkrieg bop that made my ears bleed. And I was like, fuck you two thousands, like early two thousands. You did not know what to do with music. But when James Marsden gets the football and he's running for it, the camera keeps cutting back to the clock and it's running down, and it makes it seem like if James Marsden doesn't get the touchdown before it hits zero, he doesn't get the touchdown. But that's not how football works. The play lives as long as it started before the zero mark. 
So this movie makes no fucking sense in any way, shape, or form. I hate it. <laughs> Rob, are you telling me that you're mad that Sugar and Sprice does not understand the fundamentals of football? I'm, well, I'm if, mad it doesn't understand the fundamentals of reality. I think that's what I'm getting at. <laughs> if I understood that scene correctly, he actually gets the touchdown after the clock hit zero. It definitely looks that way, but it's like it keeps cutting back like it's supposed to be a suspenseful yeah, moment. And it doesn't yeah. matter in terms of the rules of the game in the slightest. The, well, the the only way it matters is is to indicate that this is the last play. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the the repeated no, cuts back. Yeah, I'm just like yeah. I fucking I, I don't I don't know I don't know. I mean, I guess what else is there to talk about? They watch a video of a what is it a deer giving birth? We get to see that. Oh God, that looked like a stillborn <laughs> if I've ever seen one. <laughs> I don't know my my miracle deer. of life for deer. So <laughs> if it even was a deer, I don't remember it. It was. Fucked up, so it was. That's the <laughs> Oh God, Zach, what have you done to us? What have you done to this podcast? I love it. <laughs> I cannot wait for the Saving Silverman discussion because that's where I have a lot to say. I have a lot to say about that. What movie. a what a trilogy in the start of this series. We're going from <laughs> Sugar and Spice to Hannibal to Saving Silverman. <laughs> <laughs> talk about Rob, talk about a triple feature to end all triple features. <laughs> just wait until we get Freddy got we go from what spy kids to Freddy got fingers. No, Josie and the Pussycats is in there. Don't don't you forget, Zach. So, so okay, what's the exact order? I feel like I kinda wanna like I don't know where we'd even post this, what be the subreddit? Like, like where, <laughs> where would we even post the list? Like where what's the equivalent of the cork board outside the classroom? Yes. It's yes, like like I, like I wanna like I gotta leave in like, you gotta leave it somewhere or post it. Like what the like schedule is for the fort year so people it's, can be prepared for uh, it this. so it's going to be spy kids i'm excited for spy kids spy kids is good fun spy kids is followed up by the the clear follow-up blow with johnny Depp, <laughs> followed up by the possibly the greatest double feature josie and the pussycats and then freddie got fingered that might be the most insane month in the history of cinema oh absolutely right? absolutely uh daddy would you like some sausage <laughs> That is what comes after. What's what's after Freddy Got Fingered? The Mummy Returns. <laughs> that two thousand. Okay, two thousand one was a. I think even, okay, one thing we gotta keep in mind about all this, like even though like we laugh about me and my crazy way of just like scheduling things on this podcast and curating our our series, this all happened in one year. Absolutely. Like this is, I'm not. Yeah. Like I didn't make this up. This was. This, there's a reason <laughs> why nine eleven happened. <laughs> Zach's like, I swear, two thousand one was real. <laughs> You know what we're going to do, Rob? Much like there was like the, what, the 17-hour documentary about horror movies of the 80s, we're going to do that about 2001 <laughs> films. The films, instead of like, like, like what, uh, oh God, what was it? What was that documentary called? I even forgot what it's called. Oh, In now. Search of Darkness? In Search of Darkness. It's called, it's like, What Caused 9-11? And it's just all these movies. It's Rob and I being interviewed about how. <laughs> and we got to get good bad flicks uh, to donate to us to get his name yes. in the credits. <laughs> We we need like we need like we'll, we'll do a defunct land. We'll be like we need a quarter of a million dollars to make this a reality. Yes. It will exist regardless of whether you donate, but we are going ahead with this. Oh God. So yeah, I I have nothing else to say about this movie. I hate it. It's it's garbage. It is I it's not below Doctor Sleep, but man, it is at the bottom of the list of movies we've discussed. Is it offensive? Is it it's offensive? too safe. I I don't think it was offensive. offensive. This is not like I I didn't completely reject it like i rejected men women and children because that movie is offensive this is just terrible i think it's it's a product it's like getting it's like getting viscerally angry like uh a big mac it's like there's nothing to get mad at you might not I mean, like this it this movie would be offensive mad. today oh yeah 
<laughs> so I guess oh, the yeah. question needs framing. Are you saying is it was it offensive in two thousand one? No, it's offensive to Rob. It's exclusive. This is this is oh. to ask Rob this question. Oh. Yeah, I get oh. I get offended. Else. I get offended by certain like like I get I got offended at men, women, and children because that move the message of that movie was like you should be good to your children. And it's like, why do we need a fucking movie for this? Like, this should just be something we know. I thought Men, Women, Children was about communication. Remember that movie begins with, like, a oh, satellite going through space? Yeah, it is about it, well, communication with your kids and stuff like that, you know, because Dean Norris deletes the kid's World of Warcraft account so he commits suicide or tries to commit suicide, <laughs> and I'm like, fuck this movie! Um, no, Jennifer Gardner impersonates her daughter... On that's, social that's media, true. and he starts and he starts to comedically eat pills as if they were Jolly Ranchers. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, men, women, and children's a goddamn masterpiece. No, it's I don't not. care what no, it's not. Um, this it's it's why I don't like Jurassic Park. The message of Jurassic Park is the human race should procreate, and I'm like, fucking, why do we need a movie for this? This is stupid. <laughs> so this this movie did not offend Jurassic me. Park? I thought the message of Jurassic Park was don't play God. No, it is play God and procreate your species. That is that is the premise of that movie. The, there's like 20% dinosaurs, 80% Laura Dern saying to Sam Neill, let's have children, let's have children. Oh, It's okay. a terrible, I'm sticking with it, and I'll say it when we get to Jurassic Park 3. Jurassic Park is a terrible movie. Jurassic, Jurassic Park 3 is the Dominion. best one. You know why it's the best one? It's 30 minutes shorter than all the other Jurassic Park movies. <laughs> <laughs> but does it have an indoor raptor, Rob? No, but it has a talking raptor. Yes, that, that will give. <laughs> I will have to dig up our Jurassic World discussion so I can give my. I have to do word for word my breakdown of the Jurassic Park series because Ben, I watched every Jurassic Park movie like in a row on a, in a day, and I almost killed myself. It was so bad. <laughs> Message of the first movie, have children. Message of the second movie, have children. Message of the third movie, raptors can communicate with each other. Message of the fourth movie, have children. <laughs> what was the message of the fifth movie? <laughs> have clone children? I, have clone I really children? Thought, I mean, I haven't seen those movies in a long time, but I really thought the message was like, don't play God. That is such a small part of, of that first okay. Jurassic Park movie. And that's why I, I posit it's not a good movie, but everybody thinks it is because of nostalgia. Okay. I hate fucking dinosaurs. It's stupid as hell. <laughs> okay, awesome. I, do you guys have Jurassic anything World else? We World 3 Dominion. I know, and Jurassic we're going to have to and we're going to have to finish to. the six movies in that fucking franchise. Oh god. Anything else you guys want to say about Sugar and Spice before we get to our questions? This is this is this movie has destroyed me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we should have had Justin on for this episode. Oh my god, he would have loved it probably. <laughs> <laughs> he would have been like you know how i didn't like any raunchy things in southland tales this is the way to do raunchy women have periods did you know that <laughs> fuck this movie <laughs> okay are we doing our questions zach ben final thoughts come on let's let's the snacks I, I are gonna at least be interesting this. i think <laughs> i want to drag this out just to make the make rob pay the price for like every time no. you talk about lust in the dust for like two we can just hours. slow down the speed of the recording <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i'm ready for questions rob hit me up no 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 there's still <laughs> stuff we gotta talk we gotta talk about this scene this where they share tampons underneath the thing and the one exactly. girl says nope i don't you want everybody freaks out i'm imagining zach's gonna be like rob before you ask if you think it's a christmas movie do you think it's a thanksgiving <laughs> movie <laughs> what about an easter film 
Bob, how could this movie be improved from Turkey, i.e., not the country being a member of it? What if we replace the main girl who's cross-eyed with Turkey? If this if this had a Thanksgiving crossover, it would be infinitely better. Okay. <laughs> if they had an anything crossover, would it not be infinitely better? I'm thinking like a fairly odd parents crossover. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll take fucking anything. Like honestly, while I was watching this movie the, in the research montage, what they 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 we get to see um Reservoir Dogs and Heat. And then they mention Dog Day Afternoon, and I'm just like, I would rather be watching any of those movies. And I'm not even the biggest fan of the three-hour fest of heat. <laughs> and at some point, Rob's just yelling, Attica. It's Attica. Like, like we're, like he... Dog Day Afternoon is great. <laughs> I love that movie. The ending of that movie is great. After you get for the, through the first like two hours, just like Al Pacino yelling in, in the bank. <laughs> that is the whole movie. Okay, okay. We're, we're doing questions. The questions, I'm sure, are going to be filled because... Uh, maybe you can say something about this more, but I think it's no surprise. Cinemodities and late night, I'm going no across the board. For Cinemodities, I, I feel so incredibly blasé towards this, and I, I think it is just nothing worth seeing. It's it's not odd. It's a product. I think that's actually the best way to say it. Late night, oh my god, no. I would not want to subject this to anybody. <laughs> like, like, there's certain things I won't do to people, even my enemies, and this movie is one of them. <laughs> What do you guys Rob, think? Rob, is this movie, is oh, this really God. one of the worst things we've ever talked about, Rob? Yeah, I, I severely dislike this movie. You can't dislike product. It's just there. It's like, I can. <laughs> and and I can I, get angry at the woman for not having eyes that point in the same direction. Well, that's fine. Okay, Rob, is this worse than the Cheetah Girls? I think I would say so. Really? Yeah, the Cheetah Girls had something to latch on to. This was just... Is this, okay, uh, is this worse than Men, Women, and Children? No, that movie is more offensive, like I was mentioning before. Is this worse than Doctor Sleep? No, doc- I think Doctor Sleep is the bottom of the of the list of what we've discussed. Is that that okay. is the worst movie we have discussed ever? That is also possibly one of the worst films ever made. Yes. Okay. Fair. I'll take that. <laughs> I'll take that. There's a reason that our snack for that is we have an axe to our femoral artery that kills us. <laughs> fair. I'll take that. All right. I'm, okay. I think I know what Ben's answer is going to be. Is it odd? Is it cinemod? <laughs> uh. Uh, no. I mean, there's masks. That's kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> we're, this movie, this discussion is we're grasping at sugar and spice. That's what the title of this should be. <laughs> oh, that yes, that's a good title. Uh, is it, would I suggest that somebody watch this? A- am I being threatened? Like, is, <laughs> is there some kind of consequence if I don't? Because otherwise, no. No, I would not suggest this. Okay, okay. Zach, here we go. We're ready for your diatribe. Why is why is this both a cinemodity and a late-night movie? <laughs> hey! Hey! Don't presume anything with me, mister. You're going to be surprised on the roller coaster ride that is the Fort Year. And we're, we, we've barely left the station. This is the equivalent of being, like, lo- like watching, like, a thing in the queue, like, watching the instructional video, being like, like, when you sit down, make sure you put, the, like, the harness over your head and buckle your your your, your vehicle. Like, that's exactly what it is. No, this is a no as a cinemati, and the unless you can have a time machine and go watch this, like while you're eating your hamburger with cheese still like it's like cellophane wrapper, <laughs> I would advise not watch this late night movie. In two thousand one it would have been a late night movie, but in two thousand twenty one it's a no for me, dog. Okay, good. Good. Now now when you say that, I was thinking about the uh just like the cheese with the wrapper. I would love to see like a burger like on the grill and at the end they put the cheese with the wrapper on, it's all melted together. That'd be delicious. <laughs> all right then then we get to our snacks i actually don't have a lot of snacks i'm gonna take the one that i'm sure we all picked up on fried rats in buckets 
I want fried rats in buckets. That's it. Fried rats in buckets. And we have them. James Marsden says they don't have them at the fucking cluck shack or wherever the hell that two-second scene takes place in. But we got it. Fried rats in buckets. <laughs> what else? What other uh, snacks do we have? I mean, I, <laughs> we're, I we're think dead. <laughs> instead of just individually wrapped cheese, we need to cook a whole burger and then wrap it in saran wrap and then cook it some more. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that's just perfect. I mean, and you can get the customer can get it like I, I would like it double wrapped and be like, OK, you know, it's like refried beans. But, you know, we wrap it, cook it, wrap it, cook it, wrap it again, cook it again. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, and then like you can also order it with the cheese wrapped individually on the inside. Yes, of course. OK, I like this, that we have uh, <laughs> wrapped cheese on the menu. <laughs> Zach, I'm glad you mentioned that because I think we should just reiterate because this episode was way too long. Everybody's forgotten about uh, what we've discussed at the beginning. The the wrapped cheese has nothing to do with this movie. It was from a commercial that Zach mentioned. It's from a commercial for a CBS special from that same summer. That is it. Oh, God. OK. That I... will be referenced numerous times over the next like eight months. <laughs> I, the only other snack I had was um, corn, the kind you plant, not eat. Because for some reason, Diane goes on that little corn rant at the loan officer at the bank. Yeah, and I'm just like, this is, this is something. This, this sure is something, man. Give, give man corn, he'll eat for a day. Give us corn, the kind you plant, not eat. We'll plant it. And, we'll plant it. and then we'll eat it. <laughs> and, and the loan <laughs> officer's like, why am I in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> like the like, like Cat Francine McDougal captured the uh, the actual eye roll as res- in response to that acting. <laughs> Zach, what do you oh, got dude, for you snacks? Know, you know what they say, Rob? Acting is reacting. <laughs> At the very end of this film, we have a moment where they create like charity fund for like teenage like pregnant cheerleaders. Oh yeah, yeah. Can we have? Or do we have for the Cinemodis restaurant a, like, charity thing? Like, we're not going to give money. Like, it's going to be, like, like a way of, like, a tax shelter. Okay. But, like, what sort of charity foundation should we have? Mm. Um, for well, disadvantaged films? Like, kind of like, like the preservation of disadvantaged films? <laughs> obscure films? I like that. The thing that came to mind is we could have a charity that's for um, uh, raising money for the people that are trapped in the restaurant and can't find their way out. <laughs> uh, we could have a charity fund... To, we could have a charity that funds my endeavor to find Martin Brest. Uh, what else? That, that's no, I like this. We need, yeah, we need some because we. I know we have some form of like tip jars or whatever. I know we've talked about that briefly. Maybe not jars, but you know what I mean. We need to just gouge these people that come into our restaurant. You know, like we need all their money. I like this. I like this. Char- charity as a scam. I like this. Tax <laughs> <laughs> shelter, Rob. Tax shelter. We need uh, Mrs. Matter and 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 Norald from the email at the beginning just to scam these people. <laughs> she's she's our attorney. She's our she's our attorney that works on this floor. Well, she might not be alive because as in the part of the email I didn't read, she has uh, very late stage cancer. <laughs> I didn't get to that part of the email. <laughs> oh, that's really funny. <laughs> late stage cancer comedy. What does she What does she say? Okay, okay. I have this. I'm I'm reading from the email again. I have been struggling with cancer for a long time, and my doctor said that the present stage is uncontrollable, and I have a few months or years more to live. Wait, that's flipped, isn't it? Wouldn't you say years or months? 
Be like, yeah. I might have months to live. Wait, no, actually years. Wait, no, <laughs> decades. You better act fast. <laughs> My present stage of cancer is uncontrollable. <laughs> That's actually good. I didn't pick up on that. I was so focused on the almost Ben Affleck's birthday. <laughs> so maybe that. We need a charity for matter and world's uncontrollable cancer. <laughs> God, is this the greatest episode of Cinematities? <laughs> it's a very eclectic episode. Now, there's a bunch of things being thrown at the wall. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> this is like uh, like the cooking pasta technique. You throw it at the wall to see if it sticks, and it's done. We've thrown so much pasta at the wall, and nothing is stuck. <laughs> can, that be a, can that be a snack at the restaurant? Just throwing pasta at, wall, at the wall to see if it's cooked or not? That happens in Matchstick, man. Remember that, Ben? When he, they're oh, yeah. cooking pasta, and then the daughter's like, I don't like this pasta. What is it? It's pasta with, like, basil leaves, and she gags on it. And it's like, it probably tastes like fucking regular pasta. <laughs> but yeah, Zach, I, I think that we should throw pasta. How about instead of at walls, at people, and see if it sticks? That's how we <laughs> know it's good. done. <laughs> That'd be a great thing. Like, it's kind of like fondue. They bring you they have a little burner on the table, and we sit there, you cook it, and you throw it at the person across, and you see if it sticks. Okay, I dig it. I dig it. Oh, that pasta, that rigatoni left a scar on my forehead. <laughs> rigatoni. <laughs> if your rigatoni sticks, I think you got a problem with your rigatoni. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Oh god. Okay. Any other? Any other snacks? Any other final thoughts on sugar and spice on the fort year? Right, let's pour one out for a film that will never, ever name will never be spoken again. Good. Like, good. What's to say? You don't truly die until the last time your name is ever spoken. Yes. And at and... this moment, this will be the last time sugar and spice is ever said out loud. Good. Good. So I guess <laughs> uh, I guess that leads us to um, how do we end? Well, I think we've already mentioned it. Next week, uh, we're going to be discussing, of course, in our 2001 series, Hannibal. But we're pairing that with. The Silence of the Lambs, which uh, I don't think I said it in this episode when I mentioned it, but probably one of the most influential films of all time. We're going to get to discussing one of those on this podcast. Um, I think maybe for influential, the last one we did was The Shining. We, we don't usually do influential films, I think. I don't know, Rob. Freak was pretty influential. Well, influential to us, not, you know, did not change the landscape of all, like, TV and film for the rest of time, you know? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I think Sugar and Spice is pretty influential. <laughs> probably influenced like a lot of suicides <laughs> <laughs> it's not that bad you know the jonestown massacre what was the analog it's of that not... right after sugar and spice no, that, that, was, that was just for the joke sec it's i agree it's not that bad no i'm, I'm, I'm it's not a joke Blade for me Runner, it's a... did alien last year those are influential. oh yeah that's that's true that's true Beverly Hills Cop, of course, very influential. <laughs> Showgirls, the only NC-17 like major-released film. Yes, yes. Uh, okay. Airplane. Uh, oh yeah, we didn't really like Airplane. <laughs> Walking Tall. <laughs> <laughs> Southland Tales. Two early two thousands commercials. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, we did Titanic last year. Titanic's one of those. That's very influential. That's true. Time. Okay, now that I think about it, yeah, we've done some influential stuff. That was the last stuff. three months. That was enough. That's what. Rob, okay, we've done so... influential movies since like I don't know, uh, Men, Women, and Children. It's like, oh, Rob, we just did one like a couple months ago. R. Kelly's trapped in the closet. Talk about there influential. There you go. There you go. Now you got it. Okay, so next week we're doing uh, say. Uh, Saving of the Lambs, Silence of the Lambs. We're going to shut those lambs up, finally. Uh, and Hannibal. 
no Red Dragon. I couldn't convince Zach to do Brett Ratner on the podcast, Mr. Bad Touch. But tune in for that. That should be good. Uh, It's very similar. Those movies are very similar to Sugar and Spice. And I guess then it only comes down to, well, uh, how are we going to end this episode? And I think I want to take probably my favorite little needle drop in the movie. Uh, They play the intro to the song Cannonball by the Breeders uh, when they're going into the grocery store to rob it. You know, that's the bass line. Do-do-do-do. That's a great song. Let's play that in reverse. Are we in agreement? Okay, we're in agreement. We want this to be over. (laughs) Ben is sticking a dirty needle in his eye. Hope to die. (laughs) Pour one out for poor Ben as he now has to talk about saving Silverman for the next 90 minutes. Oh, God. Oh, God. I'm taking a break in between. I got to... I gotta go inhale some poison. (laughs) (laughs) He's got to siphon off the cyanide takes right now. Yes, yes. Quick aside, Ben. Just so you know, you are your camera is frozen, but we can hear you. Okay, solid. So you know, and you you're smiling though in your free, frozen picture. So it's it's kind of nice. That's all that matters. <laughs> it's there nice. You go. Cool.